0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Dear Valadier. I'm your host, Sadie gustafson Zuck. On today's episode, we have a lovely conversation with none other than Siri Undlin, also known as Humbird. Um, Siri is a Minnesota-based musician, creative writer, and on today's episode, we have a really sweet conversation that kind of weaves through many topics, but the center, the central topic that we cover is a question from someone who's dealing with wanting to help their friend get out of some bad patterns, but feeling like they're losing themselves in the process. So how do you hold those personal boundaries and encourage your friends or family or partners or whoever to, um, make those changes on their own. So we have a really, I think, fruitful chat, and I think you're going to enjoy it, so stick around. <laughs> well, Siri, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks
1: for having me. <laughs> Excited to be here.
0: <laughs> um, How's it going? How are you doing today, specifically?
1: I'm good. I'm hot, but I'm stoked that it's warm and it's summer, so... Mm -hmm. overall good
0: yeah how about you um yeah I'm good I like have had a kind of flustered morning of like trying to do a bunch of different projects but then running out of time and being like if I if I need to post about it by 11 a.m. but then it's not ready by 11 you know where you're like okay I guess this just is rolling over to a tomorrow project so yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) not a problem sometimes that's okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, cool. Well, can we jump in and I'll ask you some personal questions?
1: Yeah, hit me with them.
0: Okay, cool. Can we start with you saying a bit about what identities are important to you?
1: Ooh, yeah. Um, my womanhood and my experience as a woman is really important to me. I'm a Midwesterner and, um, feel very loyal to the landscape of the upper Mississippi River Valley and have lived around this landscape my whole life so yeah a lot of a lot of deep love and and responsibility to this place and um am a descendant of many European immigrants to this place and definitely sit with that identity a lot and I'm always learning and unlearning what that means here in North America but those are the ones that come to mind right away and then also a musician and writer I love those identities and I love the craft of taking stories and melodies and making them
0: into things and sharing them with people
2: mm. yeah
0: yeah those are good ones
2: <laughs> um
0: <laughs> can uh what are your pronouns she her yeah cool Mm -hmm. um what did you want to be when you grew up
1: I wanted to be a singer and a songwriter (laughs) perfect (laughs) yeah I like really young I wanted to do that and then at a really like I look back on it now and it's such a sad thought but sometime in like late elementary school I was like there's so many songs in the world you could never write a new one there's no point (laughs) (laughs) and then sometime in middle school I came back around and I was like who cares I'm gonna do it anyways
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you have any songs that like you think of as that you're particularly proud of like no one else has written a song about this thing
1: no I don't know that I've ever had
0: an original thought, honestly, but I do love
1: <laughs> responding to the world as I like witness it and experience it. And um, yeah, often you'll write something and just be so stoked about it. And then like months later, you'll hear a song and be like, oh, did I accidentally steal that melody? Or you'll like read a book that you love for the 10th time, and be like, oh, wow, they really were talking about that and I forgot. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's all part of the same stream, I feel like, but happy to be contributing various things (laughs) to
2: it.
0: Yeah, I'm happy for you to be contributing as well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Sadie.
0: (laughs) Um, What was the first song you wrote and what was kind of the context for that?
1: Hmm kind of an intense one Um, but it is I think a big part of the reason why I wanted to be a songwriter at such a young age but my I have a little sister her name is Leave and she's out there doing great these days Um, and when she was like between the ages of one and two she had some pretty serious Um, health stuff going on and was in the hospital a lot and was having major brain surgery and really formative memories for me as a young kid. And um, I would make up little songs and sing them to her. And then the adults around me would be like, you should keep doing that. Like you should keep singing to her. And like, they'd be like, did you make that up? Like, that's so cool. Like, you should do that again. And um, yeah, that's definitely the first sort of songwriting memories I have um is with her as like a little kid being encouraged to just make things up and sing because it'll it'll help mm-hmm. um
2: yeah oh and how that. old are you <laughs>
1: at that point I think I was like five or six somewhere like the ages of like five to seven I it's like kid memories are so blurry and maybe if my mom was on this podcast she'd be like <laughs> no you were 10 but i think i i think it was yeah leave is um 4 years younger than me so it it would have been pretty pretty early and i think these songs were like actually 20 seconds long like nothing <laughs> nothing too advanced just like almost little nursery rhymes but
0: yeah wow that's very wholesome i think very wholesome (laughs) i'm thinking about like i have one song that i wrote in fifth grade that was like a full song and i like Uh referenced that as my first song but before that i had like a few ditties that i have like the lyrics of i don't remember how they went but it was like something about a man on a boat and like him being cute or something like (laughs) oh
1: Was there actually a man on a boat that was cute, do you think? Or did you f- no. think, like, was that
0: based on other songs you'd listen to? I don't even think it was based on, like, I think it was like, I have a crush on a man, he's on a boat. I don't think it was like <laughs> a tale of a sailor. <laughs> this does sound a lot
1: like The Little Mermaid. Like you were writing an, an alternative soundtrack. Yeah, the fairy Yeah, tale classic, actually possibly. I'm Ariel.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, was when I was little. <laughs> that's some
1: that's some fertile like inspiration content right there, those fairy tales.
0: Yeah. And that's like the Disney version though. It's not like the mm-hmm. the real gruesome. I don't really remember what. Yeah. But I've heard that the real I need to
1: real... <laughs> review the is it Hans Christian Andersen, the like Danish guy, I think it's in his stories. I'm sure it's just brutal. But I can't remember
0: Yeah. Why. I feel like it's like really <laughs> like bloody and like she gets her tongue cut out or something like kinda gross. Ooh, yeah. Anyway, okay. um Intense. I can see why Disney like
1: <laughs> opted for just like a terrifying octopus witch yeah. instead. She's mm-hmm. cool, Ursula. Yeah. I feel like she's
0: misunderstood <laughs> possibly <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, I feel, well, there's also the Disney villain thing where they, like, queer code all the Disney villains. Mm, yes. Yes.
1: It's so true. There's also, like, I just read this amazing book called Disfigured. Um, I'm blanking on the author's name. I can send it to you later. But it's all about, too, how, like, ableist fairy tales are. Like, often if there's something mm. that someone is struggling with on, like, a physical level it's like the stories about them like being fixed and yeah it, it was it's amazing to go back over those stories that we all know really well and take a closer look and be like oh my gosh the gender stuff is obvious but I think yeah the other layers are even more
0: informative at least they were for me right and that they're just like things that as kids we like I mean, maybe I feel like a lot of kids now are more with it. <laughs> or yeah, their parents Way are more like with really it, <laughs> really teaching them some good stuff. But uh, yeah, that it was like, oh, I didn't even think about that, or like, even. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a whole nother can of something, but like the Bible, like with the like <laughs> blind language and stuff, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, not it's good. everywhere.
1: <laughs> and I feel like I'm not an expert at all, but I'm so down to like read and learn about it and stare at things and be like, wow, my whole life, I never realized this. It's so cool that those conversations feel more accessible than ever, which I think comes back to like kids and younger folks just being so badass and awesome and talking about things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. That reminds me, I mean, happy to go on a tangent about this uh do you ever watch the the what is it recess something videos it's this guy that interviews little kids the the most famous one was the corn kid i don't i feel like i maybe have is this it's like on
1: like a tiktok TikTok or like instagram yeah i feel like i've seen (laughs) and he has like a tiny little
0: microphone yeah i've totally seen this yeah he i saw one the other day where he was interviewing these like three little boys and they were talking about like how important it is to be communicative with your feelings and how like they are a really communicative oh. boy group and like they <laughs> it's oh just like really important gosh. to share with your with your friends if you're feeling bad <laughs> so sweet and so they're probably true. like nine or something yeah. i was like oh
1: my god good so for them cute. they're so far ahead of us yeah <laughs>
0: um okay I'm gonna bring this back to some other things (laughs) (laughs) um what are some creative things that you enjoy doing other than music or beyond or Mm. interlacing with yeah
1: um well I love to write um I I'm not as like public about it as I am with the songs I make and the music me and my bandmates make together but i i write most days and it's a smattering of like essays and poems and short stories so that's something that really helps me make sense of my life <laughs> and um yeah it's been a pretty consistent practice even if it is a little bit more private and i love gardening i think that's really a creative thing. I sort of suck at it, but, um, <laughs> very enthusiastic and related to that is like foraging and plant identification out on hikes. I love to walk around. Um, and I really like that sort of like, um, pattern noticing and connective activity. Cause I don't really like have any, um, goals with it (laughs) like it's just (laughs) this way to be sort of present and paying attention um but it feels similar to like how satisfying it is when a verse and a chorus fit together or you finally realize what that short story is is kind of like digging at um i think the same is true when you're paying attention outside and things just sort of fit together and you notice stuff and recognize things just on a smaller scale or a larger scale, I guess, depending on how you define it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <Wow. laughs> yeah, that's a good, good thought. Like when you're saying recognizing patterns in terms of like, oh, like these tree, these trees all have a similar kind of leaf, and so they must be a part of this whatever family, or like, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, or like learning different. There's like, yeah every family has like a different flower structure or leaf structure you start to kind of see patterns like in the like north south east west or like if you're on some bluffs or in the mountains like elevation and yeah it's fun to notice like the the classification patterns for sure and then also just the geography of um of like where you are and i Mm. um Just to say, I don't want to sound like an expert. I'm, like, (laughs) such a beginner in all this stuff. But um, also, the more I learn, the more I realize
0: I'm, like, always going to be a beginner, which is rad. Very down for that. Yeah. This is making me think about the game Geoguessr. Have you ever played that? No, but I like the name. It is so (laughs) fun. I feel like I'm just, like, okay, let me tell you about all these Internet things I found. But (laughs) it's, like a game that is essentially a Google map street view of somewhere. It just like plops you somewhere in the world. And then you have to guess you can like walk around kind of as much as Uh you want. um, And then you guess where on a map it is. So like, whoa, paying attention to the trees or the languages on signs or like um, what types, like how the cars look or, um this is like an advanced version of Carmen
1: San Diego yeah did you ever play that it really game is a uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it wasn't a video game it was a computer game but yeah that's awesome that sounds
0: really fun yeah I played it a lot at the beginning of the pandemic <laughs> yeah and I feel like I, I got- wish I'd known about this at the beginning of the <laughs> pandemic it sounds <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah I just think that as someone who's like good at or at least really attentive to identifying trees and plants and stuff i think that that would really help you
1: (laughs) yeah you might like
0: know what region you're
1: in based on yeah what's growing oh that Mm -hmm. sounds fun okay we'll have to swap some
0: links after okay i'll write it after this conversation (laughs) (laughs) um okay amazing and then maybe a connected question is what is something that makes you lose track of time Mm. reading
1: probably I mean there's I love losing track of time I would consider that a hobby in and of itself (laughs) I'm always like trying to pursue that experience because it's awesome but um, yeah I'll I'll like lose hours of a day that I really needed for like work (laughs) (laughs) or something to a good book which I wouldn't trade you know when it happens it's like
2: yeah. (laughs) the
1: book got me but um yeah that happens a lot I'll often like go to bed or I'll get in bed at like a totally reasonable hour and be really proud of myself and then read until like 3 a.m and then um just like suffer the next day and it's (laughs) it's just my own fault I was like I had everything I was in the right place
0: at the right time and just lost track yeah I feel like I don't know if this is how it is for you, but if I'm staying up reading, it doesn't feel as bad. Like the next day, Mm -hmm. it feels like pretty wholesome as opposed to if I like stayed up on my phone or something.
1: Yeah, or like at a bar. Yeah. It's definitely Uh you could (laughs) exhaust yourself more. But I sometimes like reading at night is this really mystical thing i feel like you're just you're traveling in your mind and your imagination while everyone else is like sleeping and dreaming and it's dark outside and reading to like crickets i love that feeling but i will do it all night like i have sat there and like i think i read memoirs of a geisha in one sitting and i finished it as the sun was rising one time and i was like what the hell (laughs) did i just do because it's like the book is great like enjoy it, like l- stretch it out a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't need to read it in one sitting, but yeah, you c- you just lose track of time
0: sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's lovely.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, should we transition into your song?
1: Yeah, we can, whatever, whatever you want to do. Okay. i happy to be
0: here. <laughs> um, so just For the listener our questioner has some questions about i don't know helping a friend feeling like they maybe are not sticking to their boundaries trying to be empathetic to this traumatized friend who isn't changing their patterns we'll get to it but anyway just Mm. keep those ideas maybe and do you have any other ideas to add before we listen to the song
1: no, I, I that was a good summation. Okay, that you just did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool.
0: <laughs> well, this is a series song or a series project. Humbird, their song called May. So before we talk about that song, I'm just going to read this question in that context, and then we can talk about all of it at once. Yeah,
1: sounds great.
0: Dear Balladeer, I started out helping a friend in desperate need in April, who said he was ready to change his patterns that led him to needing serious help. He's now living with me. He is doing nothing to change. I feel like I'm running a marathon to help him and he is standing still. How do I hold space for someone to heal and acknowledge that they have trauma and pain while also having healthy boundaries for myself? It is ruining our friendship and professional relationship. He is unable to actually ask for help and is incredibly passive with the way he speaks. I want to help, but how do you help someone who makes serious assumptions because he can't finish the actual sentence of asking for help? Mm.
1: Yeah. Uh. just so (laughs) many feelings for this person and a lot of love yeah
0: yeah can you say maybe let's hop back to the song for a second and talk maybe Mm. about how how that came about or what that came from for you and how that might apply to this letter writer
1: Yeah. Um, Well, when you sent the question to me, I like got chills because I think anyone who's been in a scenario where you love someone deeply, like regardless of, you know, the parameters of the relationship and what type of relationship it is, you love someone deeply and it's really hard to watch the ones you love suffer and you want to fix it and you want to do everything you can to fix it and the song may was written from a place of like me sort of uh finally admitting to myself that i can't fix anyone i can only wish them well and be kind and honest and um, the lyrics are written in a way that's sort of modeled after an irish blessing of like um may you find your river, may it take you all the way, um, may it whisper all the things I couldn't say, just sort of the, these statements that are, like, wishful, but feel grounded, um, Mm. they're, like, looking towards the future, but, um, yeah, very much directed at someone and, and wanting the best for them, and finally, finally admitting that, um, I had done everything I could and still ultimately failed because I was I was never gonna fix someone's problems for them
0: yeah failed in what regard like failed in moving them to a different place like uh yeah I had (laughs) I had
1: failed in my understanding of the situation and I had also failed in my own idea of what success was if that makes sense Mm -hmm. I had seen someone close to me struggling and I had wanted to fix everything for them and that was never you, you, unfortunately we like <laughs> don't get to do that for people as much mm-hmm. as we want to and then um, I had just sort of it was almost like when I wrote this song I had like blinked my eyes open and realized that this years-long situation I had completely misconstrued it because I felt like it was my fault or my um, obligation to like, never um, state my own needs, never prioritize myself in a scenario. And um, yeah, kind of waking up and realizing that this person I love was navigating huge, instrumental foundational elements of trauma in their own life and, um, and that it wasn't my job to fix that for them. It was, it was their work and, and their life. Um, and, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it for them, but I could write a song just wishing them well and honoring them where they were at in their process of healing and, and moving, even if it looked stagnant and stuck to me. And, um, the act of writing this song was, was really powerful Um, and healing for me to just say I hope I like want the best for you and only you know what that is and I can't give it to you if you don't know Mm. yeah
0: yeah yeah I can see how that would be a really like grounding kind of realization to have in the way that I feel like sometimes only comes through writing a song or or writing mm-hmm. or just things where you're like putting your feelings out there in a way that you're like trying to really consolidate. Like you're like whittling away at like this big chunk of ideas until you just get to the yeah. essence of it, which is like, I cannot help. <laughs> this is not yeah. my I, or I've thing. done all
1: I can. Like it's up to you and like good luck. Um, and then I think something that maybe – people here in the song or maybe not I, I'm not sure because it it's a it's a pretty song I like, guess it's this, like pretty plucking pattern and the melody is like very like um long and just uh sort of straightforward but like I was like wrecked when I wrote that song I was so heartbroken and just felt really shattered and um like I had failed one of the most important people to me um so, like, yeah, it just comes from an incredibly, like, raw and painful place. But um, I did write it, like, five or six years ago now, and um, and it's different, you know? Mm-hmm. that it's I sing that song, and um, it does feel like a constant sort of affirmation of, like, my own boundaries and my own ability to support people and lo- love them. So the definition of the song has changed in my own emotional backdrop while singing it has changed but yeah does it ever come from a place of just like deep hurting and um and just anger and frustration wanting it to be different different than it is
0: Hmm. yeah I think it's so interesting when the the mood of the song is so st- uh, strikes such a contrast from like the essence of the person who's writing it in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that makes it really like, I mean, I don't know if more powerful, but really transferable and really like, um, flexible in the way that then, you know, people can kind of hear what they want out of it. Or like, I'm sure that a lot of people who hear this song are like, oh, thank you for the blessing, you know? <laughs> thank you for the yeah. Irish blessing <laughs> <Yeah>. for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: which, like, it is, you know? that's. I feel like that's a fun thing about, like, lyrics, too, is it's the song is about something so specific, but you can play around with it and keep it vague enough that um, it could be about anything, which is, like, I think that's, like, a dangerous tightrope to walk, but... Um, sort of ended up happening naturally on this song and yeah I don't know about you at shows but my favorite is when people come up to me and tell me what they think the song is about (laughs) um they're like often very confident and you're like oh wow (laughs) that's cool (laughs) that you think it's about that like that's it's such a delight about live performances people really do hear what they need to hear
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah that is fun um and and not even just live performances. I feel like for recorded music too, I've had people write reviews of my songs where they're telling the listener what they're about. <laughs> I was like, Yeah. This is not what I said, but okay. That always kinda weirds me out actually about
1: music journalism. Or like just culture writing when people like state facts and you're like, wow, you didn't even consult the primary source on this. Like that's insane. What kind of journalism is this? Yeah, Yeah, it's like this weird, weird thing about responding to art and creativity that we like often don't question people's take on it in a public forum. But it is like, huh, (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what the artist would say about that
0: yeah well that's also why like for this podcast I like was when I was first thinking about it and trying to think of the like the form that it would take and like how would I get songs that are perfect for each thing and at first Mm -hmm. I was like okay I guess I could just like listen to a bunch of music and come up with songs but also like only the songwriter knows where the songs are coming from and I feel like this is a Mm -hmm. really good example of that because this isn't a song that I would have you know just based on like either looking at titles or just like listening through and being like, Oh, this is automatic. Like, you know, yeah. only the songwriter knows what was happening for them when they wrote the thing and why that yeah. might be applicable to someone else in a certain situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
0: true. Yeah. Um, Can we, okay. Jump into, I think the song in itself has a lot of like the overarching message I think has been conveyed in terms of like, okay, letter writer, <laughs> you're trying to be a good person and you are a good person. And also it's not your responsibility. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. And I think but also, <laughs> yeah, like it's, you're responsible to the ones you love, but um, you can't, you can't get them up off the couch or moving in their own life unless they have that momentum and I think that some people you know like I think there are like born caregivers in the world who love to do it and it feeds them and it's part of like what their offering is in their short time here and then there are other people who are in caretaker positions that end up being incredibly draining and unbalanced and at times really toxic and what i heard in the letter in particular and was resonating with was like the building resentment and how like it can ruin friendships and working relationships and it just sounds really dire like if that's already what's happening then like then the letter writer just has to make a change it's like already if you're going to lose a friend and a and maybe a collaborator um then like what are you what are you waiting for not, not, not that that makes it any less excruciating or awful but um yeah it's just a shitty situation but you gotta you gotta set those boundaries yeah. I don't know I feel like everyone talks about boundaries all the time and <laughs> it can sort of be like white noise in the end but I think just being strong, in the sense of like your love for this person and your love for your own
0: life. Yeah, sounds like, and I think yeah. also like to 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 talk about the tangible things that can be boundaries, like mm-hmm. saying like this person cannot live with you anymore. Like <laughs> some yeah. like that you need sounds to like that needs to change. Figure yeah. out a situation, and they need to like this isn't your responsibility except it is your responsibility to like take care of yourself in your space. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. and hopefully also like you're a member of like a support system for this person and that you're not like, I don't know what this situation is. Like maybe they really feel a lot of responsibility for this person in terms of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe I'm their only friend or they aren't in touch with their family or yeah, I feel like there could be any number of things, but, That also is just like priming a situation to be bad (laughs) if you're Mm -hmm. the only person who is, um, on this person's team and like looking out for them, especially if they're not looking out for themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah. I don't. I'm not a ultimatum person. I think they suck. Even though they might be necessary sometimes, but um, the letter writer mentioned like the passivity that's going on, and um, it makes me wonder what their communication style has been with this person. And it's like, have you like, have you been passive in response? Because I think passivity breeds (laughs) passivity sometimes. And it's like, it's okay to be direct. It's not about ultimatums, but it can be things like this is ruining our friendship. How can I help you move out? You know, like things that maybe feel harsh or like ultimatum adjacent, but are actually just direct communication. Um, that's something I've struggled with in my own life is I'll like really be thinking things and swirling in my own mind. And then, remember that like I actually haven't directly communicated yet (laughs) and that can be like really unfair especially when someone is just really in the weeds
0: yeah yeah I also wrote down direct communication as something to talk Mm -hmm. about
1: (laughs) yeah I just read Zadie Smith's uh, collection of essays called Intimations, and she has an essay that explores the differences between privilege and suffering. And she says that, you know, privilege is contextual. Privilege is in relation to something else, whereas suffering is absolute. And when you're suffering, there's this inherent self-centeredness that's going on because you're just trying to get to the next moment. You're just trying to survive. And um, understanding that maybe someone who is in deep depression or maybe um, chronic pain or or something like that, that it makes it almost impossible for them to get up and and move, um, which is what it sounds like is happening here, is that like their suffering is absolute and that's what happens when we suffer we're like consumed by it until we um are able to move into the next moment and um and I think just like that language that she was writing about was like really helpful for me in thinking about people in my life who have these epic battles that they wage every day and not taking things personally as someone in their life it's like a constant practice I guess is the word mm-hmm. I would say it's like remembering it's not really about you when someone is just in so much
0: pain whether that's like mental or physical so then does that like extend into it's not your responsibility to change things for them or does that move into like if it's not about you then you should help I feel like I I could read I (laughs) I could read that maybe in a few different ways yeah
1: I the way I mean it is um I hear the letter writer talking about their friendship and their working dynamic and um and it does sound like it's like the two of them and they're just like in it together and like remembering that it's actually not personal. This other human in close proximity to you is like suffering and they are consumed by it, but it's not necessarily a reflection of your ability as a friend or your capacity as a collaborator. And that's why all the more to say that like direct communication and like setting sort of these like, sustainable guidelines for how you can be supportive in their life is all the more important it's actually not not really about their suffering isn't about you you just have to like know what you need in order to support them and it sounds like living together and being like fully consumed all the time by the dynamic in your living space is like not 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 gonna work (laughs) yeah 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 It also kind of sounds like the letter writer knows what they need to do, but just it sucks so hard and they don't want to do it. That was Mm -hmm. another thing I.
0: Right. Right. Because also like the part. Well, they have two questions because they have the part about like holding space for this person while also holding their own boundaries. And then Mm -hmm. the part about um, like passive communication and. The other person not asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think wonder... they know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think that they know too. Mm-hmm. Um. I wonder what they mean exactly by like. How do you help someone who makes serious assumptions because he can't finish the actual sentence of asking for help? Like what? Mm -hmm. those assumptions Mm. are I feel like that Mm -hmm. was just a part of the question that when I read it the first time I was like okay this is just talking about like passive communication Mm -hmm. but serious assumptions about what
1: yeah when I when I read that I was just thinking about um, the ways that things like chronic mental health or pain or whatever it is the assumption is like oh, I'm not worthy I'm not even going to ask for help because it doesn't matter and nothing matters mm. um, which I've experienced as a friend receiving that information from someone I love and I've also been in dark places where I don't ask for help and I assume that everyone around me is thinking the worst based on how I'm acting and that's just like a place of deep immobility um but that yeah that's I guess that's how I took that part of the question of like not even asking because they're just
0: so deep into the the spiral Hmm. yeah that makes sense I think I was thinking more like but i i'm not sure if that makes sense what <laughs> uh, <clears throat> like assumptions that they can live with this person but i think that you're probably more oh, yeah
1: that could totally be part of it like assuming like, that yeah they can just exist but not show up for existence while living in
0: community with this person who's writing the letter yeah Right. If it's assumptions about how people are receiving them or assumptions about their friends' hospitality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's a good point, Sadie. I didn't think about that.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, seems like it comes back to direct communication, though. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's hard and just awkward.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, letter writer, best of luck. I hope you can feel the rallying of everyone who listens to this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) And just
1: tell them. Tell your friend. Tell your collaborator where you're at. Because it sounds like stakes are pretty high. And it's been going on for a while. So, like, I don't know. Turn and, around
0: and look it in the eye and, and say what's up. And I feel like that also is the thing. Like, if you say it, like, I, for the sake of sparing our relationship, we mm-hmm. can't, uh, this can't be the situation anymore. Like, the yeah. other person in the moment might be, like, mad at you or, you know, like, why are you disrupting mm-hmm. my Stability, but also ultimately, like, I feel like that is really reasonable and that,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, once if they're in a better place, they'll be able to see that you were just like acting on behalf of both of you and not even though it is like saving yourself (laughs) and also Mm -hmm. it is like saving the unit of you and this other person having some, quarter, yeah. some kind of relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Mm, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, Siri, thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. I think this is such a good idea, and I, um, I'm excited to just hear you continue on talking and answering people's letters. I love... The Deer Abby Deer Sugar stuff, but mm-hmm. this is an even more interesting twist. So I'm really excited to be a little part of it.
0: I definitely am. I've been a long time Deer Sugar person, so there is definitely some of that. And mm. and songs are like just such nugget. Like someone went to such work trying to distill whatever situation they're into a, a nugget so like yeah why not just pair those together
1: (laughs) yeah and i think sometimes when people are writing letters it's like they they're looking for answers and often songs give them to us in an indirect way that's like empowering Mm -hmm. which is yeah it's a a good idea you got a good idea here sadie
0: thank you thank you Um, is there a place on the internet that you want to direct people to to learn more about your music or any mm, other project well, that you want to advertise? <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: humbirdmusic.com is sort of the catch-all, but um, I'm on social meds. I'm in the streams on Spotify, etc. And yeah, I mean, any, I'm sure... Like all the guests you have on this on this show, like we're out here <laughs> making music in a really strange ecosystem of commerce and creativity. And I think anyone listening to this podcast probably already knows how important it is to support what they want to see in the world. But yeah, I hope they'll stay in touch if they if they dug the song that we played earlier.
0: I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And is this Humbered with one M? Yeah. H-U-M-B-I-R-D. Great. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dear Balladeer podcast. We have an accompanying playlist that is linked in our Instagram bio. So if you want to hear more songs about self-sabotage, go on over there. Check it out. If you want to become a supporting member of this podcast, you can go over to Patreon and go to the Patreon for me, Sadie Zook, and that is patreon.com slash SadieBGZ. And each member of that Patreon page receives an extended version of each podcast that comes out, where we have more conversations with the musicians, we hear more about their artistic side, their writing process, things like that, So if you're interested in that, head on over to patreon.com slash SadieBGZ and become a member.